Well, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Lori, and my husband Nathan and I planted this church over six years ago, so we're really pumped about that and what God is doing in the area. You know, we have feel such a calling, such a passion for the people. You know, it's, it's incredible how awesome it is when people understand who they are in Christ and how that can impact their life and so that they can make decisions and move forward in their life and do awesome things because they understand their identity is in Him. And so that's one of the things that drives us here at Grace Family Church, and we are so excited that you want to be a part of that because, you know what, we are able to uh, affect culture when we grab a hold of that and then we pass that along. So thank you so much for doing that. If you don't know me very well, you would not know that I am I am an encourager. That is something that I do love to do. And I'm very, very, very guilty of positivity. So much so that Nathan likes to laugh that if our house was burning down, I would be there with a s'more stick, like, you know, roasting my marshmallow for my s'more, saying, it's okay, guys, we got s'mores. I'm not that positive, but, you know, there is always a positive side to see in situations, and it's actually come back to, I shouldn't say haunt me, because I think it's a good thing, but Nash has also inherited that trait. He got in trouble the other day, and he, (laughs) instead of, you know, feeling like he was reaping the consequences, he turned around, he's like, it's okay, this is better. You know, I'd rather be right here, right now, not getting to do the fun things. And I said, no, you rewind real quick. You were in trouble, and you need to understand this is a consequence, and you're not looking at the positive side, okay? So we, I'm reaping what I've sown a lot of with Nash, but, you know, and he, he, he does it well, but it's, I think it's a good quality all in all, but it is pretty funny at times. But, you know, We're so excited to be able to be here and that you guys are a part of what we're doing. And let's go ahead and pray as we get into the message. Father God, we just thank you so much for allowing us to come together and worship you, God. Open our hearts and our minds to the message today, God, that we'd be able to grow from it and grow closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, our sermon series for this month is hashtag, I can't do hashtags very well with a microphone in my hand, but hashtag blessed. And so we are very, very blessed people. In this country, we are so blessed. How many of you would say that you are exceedingly blessed? Yeah? A lot of you? Mm Mm-hmm. How many of you would agree? Oh, no, I just turned off my tablet. How many of you agree that you agree with Jesus that he, um, that is better to give than to receive? So how many of you would agree with Jesus that is better to give than to receive? I didn't see the hand. Yep. Yes, it is. So, One of my favorite moments in my life as a family is the moment when we told Nash that we were having uh, what the gender of of Noble was. And so we had set up the camera, we're ready to tell him, I have the picture of the sonogram in front of me, and I'm about to sit down with Nash and tell him that he's going to have a baby brother. So I'm like, Nash, look at this picture, what do you think? He's like, it's a girl. I'm like, it's not, it's not a girl. Mind you, I had been prepping him for an entire trimester, that first trimester, that he was going to have a baby sister. Because I was convinced he was going to have a sister. So I had told him over and over to he was going to have a sister and you know I gave away all of my boy clothes because I was convinced that he was that I was having a girl and I would just need to buy pink things and we'd be filling up a nursery with pink. And so when I told him that we were having a boy, he started crying hysterically. He was just like, "No." And he was like he goes, I don't want him to come out of your belly. I'm like, oh, that's going to happen. I'm sorry. You know, and I, he said, the last thing that he said, though, is I don't want to share my toys. And I thought, oh, there's the root of it. He doesn't want to share. He didn't see this as an opportunity to give. 
He wasn't connecting that, like so many times we do. And so we're going to dig into the main course today. Obviously, you're finding out it's about giving and, you know, being blessed. So we have a couple of scriptures that we're going to kind of set the course for today. And the first one is out of Proverbs 22, 9. And it says, he who has a generous eye will be blessed. What is a generous eye anyway? Do you have a generous eye? I don't, what does it look like? Well, some of us have an eye for fashion. We love to shop. We love to look good and get the cool clothes. Some of us might have an eye for talent. You see someone singing or playing a music, musical instrument, you're like, that is talent right there. I have an eye for that. Or maybe you have an eye like me this time of year, an eye for food. You see food and you want to eat it, Right. I saw a shirt the other day because I do also have an eye for fashion. I was shopping, of course, and I was at Von Mar looking at the rack, and they had a shirt and had a cartoon of a, a turkey on it. <laughs> it said, my kind of leg day. I said, yes, I can connect with that. My kind of leg day is my Thanksgiving feast. But, you know, we all have an eye for something, and we have an eye for, you know, maybe you do have an eye for generosity. Maybe you have an eye for fashion. Maybe whatever the case may be, you know, I think we should all strive to have an eye to be generous. And so the Bible says back in Proverbs, we just talked about that, that the generous eye will be blessed. Yes, you guys are listening. I love this. All right. So when we talk about being blessed, we have to understand that God does not sidestep giving. He talks to us in Luke about it very specifically. He says, give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. And that's in Luke 6, 38. You will be blessed when you are generous. You will receive blessings from God. That's just fact. And I want you guys to listen very, very closely to this next statement. It says, Satan cannot stop the blessings of God. I'm going to tell you guys over here too. Satan cannot stop the blessings of God. You might ask, well, why is that? Because giving and being blessed, it's a principle of what he can do. He says he's going to do it. It's a principle. Satan can't stop that. But what he can do is he can distort our relationship with the blessings of God. Did you guys hear that? He can distort the relationship or our understanding of the blessings of God. So when that happens, we tend to have two different responses to the blessings of God. And those are, the first one would be shame. I'm going to get into that in a minute. But also the second one will be pride. I know we're all totally guilty of responding to the blessings of God in both of those ways, shame and pride. We're going to step into um, pride first. When we have pride related to the blessings of God, we have this attitude where I'm blessed. You know, I'm so blessed, and I don't need a thing. I'm good. I'm good, God. I got it covered. Don't worry about me. We think that we are the ones who provide that blessing. In those moments, we get so pride-filled and proud that we forget the source of where it came from. All good things come from him. Everything we have that's good comes from him. So Jesus, in Revelation, he's speaking to a church, the Laodicean church, and he says, you say I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you don't realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. He's trying to tell them they they had an attitude of pride. You know, when we are entitled, we get this attitude of pride. 
And we get this thought in our mind, I deserve this. This is mine. I got this. And we take those moments and we forget the source, that he ultimately is the one who brought it into our lives in the first place. Because all good things come from God. And then there's the reverse side of pride. When you don't have maybe what you're looking for, but you have all these ideas of how you would act if you did have it. Anybody? Yeah? We get these attitudes in our mind like, well, if I had that in my life, I surely wouldn't act the way they do. There we have pride as well. We think we deserve it. We think that we have better ideas, that we would handle it better than whoever does have it. It's the same attitude of pride. And so we have the next point, and that would be shame. So we have moments of pride, and then we can have moments of shame. And when we have shame, when it comes to the blessings of God, we feel guilty for what he's given to us. A lot of times we can find that we are embarrassed about it. Most of the time, we can see how people respond to the blessings of God on how they respond to a compliment. We were like, oh, Lord, I really like your shirt. Yeah, I got on the sale rack. It was 75% off. Isn't that awesome? You know, and I'm not saying sales aren't great, but my focus wasn't on that I am blessed and God's blessed me. My focus was on, well, I feel guilty that I have something nice, and so I've got to downplay it so it's not that big of a deal and not focus on the source and why I'm blessed. And there's other moments where we are pride-filled on, on that, and we are... Uh, if we're pride-filled on a compliment, we're looking at it, we're like, okay, I, you like my shirt? Yeah, yeah, it's Gucci. I love it. I paid $150 for it, and isn't it awesome? I love my Gucci shirt. You know, in that moment, you're like, you're so pride-filled, you're not focusing on the source either. There's, so there's the flip sides there. But when you, you know, you go to talk about something that someone likes that you have, you know, we are so quick to say, I got it at a thrift shop, or, you know, I got it so much percentage off, it was amazing, but we downplay the blessing of God in our life. We do that with our cars, we do that with our houses, but the funny part is that we tend to only respond that way when it's something financial or something material. How many, so if someone came up to me and they're like, oh, you have such an amazing husband, I don't come over and say, yeah, I got him half price. It was awesome. You know, we do that only for our financial and material things because those are the things we're ashamed of. If it's someone that we love in our life, we're like, yes, they are. It's amazing. So it's really interesting how we respond to that. You know, I don't respond to someone saying I have awesome kids by saying they're from Goodwill. It was so good. It was an awesome deal. I can't believe it was there. You know, we, we are accepting of the compliment and the blessing that we have in that moment. But we're... Where do I line up in those? You know, I find myself on both sides of the coin on that. I find myself with moments of shame, moments where I'm like downplaying the blessing of God in my life. I also find myself in moments of pride. And let's see here. It's interesting to find how we respond to certain things. And I, I have a moment in my life where I was so very pride-filled. I mean, so I'm very shameful of ashamed of what, how it was. I've passed it, but understanding that I had a moment where we were in a church, and I felt like the decisions the leadership were making were not right, and I didn't like it at all. I got fired up inside and didn't really talk about it, but my way of protesting, my way of controlling the situation, my way of responding to that was by stopping to giving. We were faithful givers. We tithed at least 10% 
because we did that, we believed in that, but my, fr my frustration with the decisions that were being made started to affect that, and I didn't want to give anymore. And I was trying to express control, and one day, Nathan got a phone call, and the pastor, he always reviewed, he wanted to make sure that the pastors and the people on staff believed in what we were doing, and he had noticed that things had changed, and I hadn't even told Nathan that I did it. Mm-hmm, yep. I was trying to control a situation. I was mad. I was, I was reacting to my frustration. It was not the right way. And ultimately, consequences came from that, not only for us as a couple, but as financially in the days to come. It was hard because I wanted to have control. I wanted to take matters into my own hands and flex my muscle because I was frustrated. But at the end of the day, I disrespected someone who had invested in our life, and I also disrespected God. Ultimately, it's about what he gives to us in the source. And I totally took that out of his hands and said, no, I know better than you, God. That's not a good place to be. It didn't work out well for me. And in those moments, I believe that we crush God when we're so prideful. And when we think that we know better than him. And so many times we do that. We think we know better. that God's not handling it right. He's not doing what we think he should do. And we take matters into our own hands, especially when it comes to giving and when it comes to our finances. So I want you to remember, though, that he blessed you with a purpose. So we have to remember why he blessed us. He didn't bless us so I could flex my muscles and show control. He made us rich so that we would be able to be generous on every occasion. And that's what it talks about in um, Genesis, Abraham. It says, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I deserve it, right? But he doesn't bless us so that we can just hold on to it. He blesses us so we can bless through us like he did with Abraham. It talks about that in 2 Corinthians as well. It says, you will be made rich in every way so you can be generous on every occasion. And your, result will res or your giving and generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. We have to understand that our blessings are not purely financial either. Not for you just... It's not for you, but so you can be generous, so it can flow through us. And so when we think of it in that way, it can all be summed up in this one statement. I want you guys to listen closely. Because God has blessed us with more, we will, be intentionally, we will intentionally give more. So I want you guys to repeat that after me. Because God has blessed us with more, we will intentionally give more. Most of us, are not intentional in our giving. It's true. It's just a fact. We are intentional consumers, though. Yeah? Anybody? Black Friday is almost here, right? I'm going to be out shopping. I will. I'm going to be. I'll be there. But I'm intentional on that. And most of us are intentional on what we're going to purchase, what we want to buy. We want to get a new car, new house. We're intentional. We're putting money away. We're saving up. But how many of us are intentional on giving it away? food for thought, right? If there's something we want, we usually 
find a way to get in. I mean, we live in America. We can pretty much get anything that we want. We, if we don't have the money, we'll use it for a, use a credit card, spend 18% interest, end up paying double for the, the item that we wanted, but we got it. We're intentional. We don't care how much extra it costs. We wanted to get what we wanted. So what I want to encourage you guys today and push you towards is being intentional givers and growing into more of a giver in your life. And so this Thanksgiving is a great time to think about that because this is the moment where we think about others besides ourselves. This is the type holiday season where that is something that really comes close to home. So we're going to talk today about three types of givers. And the first one is a spontaneous giver. And most of you are familiar with one in the Bible. It would be the Good Samaritan. He was spontaneous. He walked up on someone who needed his help. He stopped and he took care of him. He bandaged him up. He took care of what he needed to do and to take care of the man because he needed his help. Then it talks about in Luke, the next day, he went and took two silver coins to the innkeeper of where he took the man to be cared for. He said, look after him, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any expense you may have had. The Good Samaritan, he had a generous eye. That's what the Bible's talking about. He had a generous eye. He stopped. He thought, you know what? I can do something. I can be generous to this man who needs my help. The loaves and the fishes are another great example of spontaneous, he, a spontaneous gift. He had food that he could share, and he did. And God blessed that for the multitudes. Most people who give, give spontaneously. I would say probably most of you have. And this time of year, we tend to see a lot of it. We're walking out of the store. They're ringing the bell. We throw some change into the kettle. Or maybe it's buying gifts for our family members or maybe a charity that you see doing great things. But for most of us, this is the, actually the only time that we give. But when we only spontaneously give, it, does, it limits us. So we're going to move on to the next type of giver, which would be a strategic giver. So Isaiah 32 says, But generous people plan to do what is generous, and they stand firm in their generosity. So how, how, what does that mean to me, Lori? Well, it means that we want to be strategic and we want to give God first what is his. Tithing is a really great way to be strategic in your giving. 10%, you are planning to do that, to give it to God. And so maybe you have another strategic way. Maybe there's a a charity that you really love and you have an amount on your heart, you're like, I want to be able to give that much to that place, to that ministry, to that charity. That would be a strategic gift. And so maybe you want to start with 10%. God, you know, God clearly tells us that we should be doing that. And maybe you want to add to that. Maybe you pray about it and you're like, oh, okay, maybe I want to give an extra 1%. That, I feel good about that. You know, maybe I'm going to take a step out and be strategic with that extra 1%. Maybe I'm going to do, maybe you can do another 10%. There are people who live on 10% of their income. That's, that's not a lot of people, but they're strategic in their giving because they can and they feel like they should. So everyone's a different place in their life, but when we're strategic, we're able to do more with what God has given us. Spontaneity is amazing, but when we're strategic, a lot more can be done with what we're giving. We can plan for that. Nathan and I talk every year about what we're going to give. I mean, we always give our 10%. We believe and we follow that guideline. But there's moments where I'm like, okay, it's the end of the year. 
How much, do we want to give more? Can we, add it, can we add this much to it? Can we do that? And we do. We talk about it. We pray about it. And we try to increase it every year, what we give back to God. So a generous person would be strategic. And a generous person plans to be generous. So we have to keep that in mind when we want to be intentional givers. When we want to be generous, we have to be strategic. We have to be thoughtful in having that generous eye. And the last type of giver would be the sacrificial giver. This one hits, people are like, oh, what does that mean? That sounds, sounds like I'm going to have to sacrifice. Well, <laughs> it's kind of what the one where we look at and think of kind of fanatic people or like they're giveaway way more than you think would be smart. I'm not saying you should go out and give away everything that you have, but what I am saying is we, sacrificial givers are individuals who give, and they give so that they can feel it. It actually affects them. It's not just the leftover. It's something that they're giving and intentionally giving, and they want to know, they want to feel the effects of the gift that they gave. That sacrificial giving. In Mark, it talks about that. It says, And Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many people threw in large amounts. But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins, worth only a fraction of a penny. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more in the treasury than all the others. They gave out of their wealth. But she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. That is sacrificial giving. Maybe you even think that you don't even have anything to give, but honestly, in this country, we all have something to give. And I'm not just saying that. We all have something that we can give. We have tremendous opportunities as well to give. And that we have to understand that when we give, we're taking it all, the emphasis off of us and knowing that there's others around us because the giving, the blessings that we have are not all for us because it is so much more of a blessing to give than to receive. And so with this holiday season coming upon us and Thanksgiving next week, I just want to encourage you guys. I want you guys to look and think about having a generous eye. What does that mean to you? How can you walk into a situation and think, how, I want to have a generous eye. You know, that's something that we value here at Grace Family Church. We want to be people who are generous. And we aren't generous if we don't have an eye for generosity, having an eye to notice situations where we can be generous. One of the silly types of generosity I like to do every year is when I get in the line at Starbucks, you know, paying for the person behind me. And I love getting that started. I haven't done it yet this year because I keep finding myself looking and seeing who's behind me. If they're ordering for the office, I'm like, nope, I'm not ready yet. My heart's not there. (laughs) Because when we're generous, we do it because we know God's told us to and we're following what he's asked us to do. And it's not about, you know, how we feel about it. And so I'm waiting for the moment when I know that God's wanting me to do that. And that's a spontaneous gift of generosity that I like to do. You know, but find situations in your life this holiday season where you're able to be generous. Go into situations thinking, I want to have a generous eye. How can I be generous today? I, want, I think that you will be so surprised at how amazing it is to give. And then maybe you have um, suffered or dealt with the issues of shame and pride when it comes to the blessings of God. I want you guys to really take inventory this holiday season 
and understand that you are so blessed of God and there's nothing to be ashamed of. And you know what? We didn't earn it. He blesses us because he loves us. And so we, we have the blessings because of what he's done for us and that all of our blessings come from him because he is our true source. Not a paycheck, you know, not investments, but God. He ultimately is our source. So take inventory, you know, of those moments when someone compliments you and your first reaction is to say, oh, no, you don't understand. It's not that big of a deal. And moments when you're like, yeah, yeah, I did amazing. You know, we have to just look and make sure our, our emphasis gets put on him. And then I want like you to take moments this year before the new year starts and really think about what kind of giver you are being a sacrificial giver, maybe you're a spontaneous giver, maybe a strategic. I want to encourage you all to get to a point where you're being strategic in your giving. Be intentional on what God's given to you so the blessings are able to flow through you because it's so much better to give than to receive. And you just learning to grow our generosity so that we're able to grow and give more and more and more. So we're known to be givers. All of us know it is better to be around someone who's generous than someone who isn't. Can I get an amen? Yeah. You want to be around the people that are generous in your life. And I'm not saying this is the way to make friends, but what I am saying is that this is how we're able to love people. This is how we're able to share God's love to people around us. And I believe that that was God's intention for us. So I want to encourage you this holiday season to really take inventory on your heart, having a generous eye and being intentional in the things that God has given you, because I think you'll find that you will be very, very blessed with that, and God will be able to use you to be a blessing to others. Amen?